Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. And uh, let's go to Hebrews 12. And I want tonight to uh, minister along the lines of uh, an unshakable kingdom. And uh, I've, uh, I've actually, over the course of the last week, uh, prepared two other sermons that I was going to minister tonight, and both times the Lord changed my mind. So uh, I got reserves but uh, an unshakable kingdom. The Lord said something to me. He said, the uncertainties of the world are not the uncertainties of the kingdom of God. The uncertainties of the world are not the uncertainties of the kingdom of God. And uh, we have to understand that. And this is for every part of your life. Uh, I've never been a seasonal minister, and uh, uh, you know, when, when all of this stuff hit the world, uh, the Lord told me what to deal with the first couple of weeks, and then He told me, He said, now faith looks beyond, and you just, you, just, you, just, you just preach beyond this. And so that's what we've been doing. So when we talk about the uncertainties of the world, it's not just what the world's dealing with now, it's what the world's going to deal with next year and what the world's going to deal with in five years if Jesus tarries his coming, uh, there will be uncertainties. Uh, you know, Jesus talked about uncertainties all through the Gospels, but he made sure to make us understand that the uncertainties of the world are not uncertainties of the kingdom. And so in Hebrews 12 and verse 28, the Apostle Paul, who I believe wrote the book of Hebrews, if you don't believe that, that's quite all right, but he said... Wherefore, we receive in a kingdom, the King James says, which cannot be moved. Now, whatever you do in your Bible or in your notes, make a note of that word cannot. It doesn't say will not, should not. It says cannot. A kingdom which cannot be moved. And he said, let us have grace or the, 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 the center column reference says, let us hold fast to grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The uh, Woos translation says, wherefore receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Cannot be shaken. The uh, Jerusalem translation says, we have been given possession of an unshakable kingdom. Amen unshakable. Uh, the New English Bible says the kingdom we are given is unshakable. Now I'm saying that for a reason because I want you to see something. It says it cannot be shaken. It says it is unshakable, our kingdom. Then the Living Bible says since we have a kingdom nothing can destroy. Nothing at all. Alright? Now this is important because the kingdom we have been giving, given that we have been made a part of cannot be shaken or destroyed. 
cannot be, right? See, it begs the question, does it say it cannot be shaken? If it says it cannot be shaken, then it cannot be shaken, right? It cannot be. And my trust always have to, has to be in what does the Scripture say. When, when Paul, when Paul, when they uh, uh, were questioning him about the message of redemption and grace that he was preaching, he said this uh, uh, over and over again. He'd say, what says the Scripture? What does the Scripture say? The Bible tells us that there are things we get from the Scriptures. Comfort, strength, right? Victory. We get all those from the Scriptures, all right? Our comfort comes from the Scripture. Our strength comes from the Scripture. Our ability to overcome comes from the Scripture. And so what does the Scripture say? It says that we have been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so that that means it doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter what uh, I may be facing in my family. It doesn't matter what I may be facing in other scenarios. The bottom line is I have been given a kingdom and the kingdom that I'm a part of cannot be shaken. Cannot be shaken. Amen. Cannot be moved. Cannot be destroyed. Hallelujah. In uh, Matthew 16... Folks, it is so important what you're putting your mind on. And, and again, that's one of those statements that we hear a lot in church. But I'm not just talking about things that may be uh, uh, sinful or uh, overtly carnal. I mean, that's important. But you've got you to gotta watch what you're putting your mind on. You, you can't be, you can't be uh, ingesting all these conspiracy theories and all this garbage that's floating around. Amen. Amen. You, you just can't do it because conspiracy theories cause you to question everything. You, and, and, and once you start questioning, where do you stop? Amen. Yeah, but that, you know, Pastor, but, but, but I, I believe that, but here's the thing. What you're giving your attention to is what you're getting full of. And in, in, in every season of your life, but especially when you're facing challenges, you need to be so full of the Word of God that when somebody bumps into you, they get wet with the Word. Amen. The Word just sloshes out of you. Hallelujah. Yeah, but you know, listen, I don't have time for anything that's not going to aid me in doing what God's called me to do. All of us in here, we got things to do for God. You got to keep your eye on the prize. You got to keep your focus on what God has asked you to do. Ever what it is, what did God ask you? And then you got to stay with that. Amen. I tell people, I don't have time for that garbage. I got, I got messages to preach. I got churches to build. I got people to help get healed and saved and delivered. I don't have time for that. 
I, people are coming to church for answers. We had a young, a, a, a young boy, a young boy, his parents brought him to church Sunday night, diagnosed with, with brain cancer. The tumors moved his frontal lobe, and they're coming for answers. We don't have time to be swallowing conspiracy theories and what's going on, and it's from China. And I don't care where it's from. It's from the devil. It's born in hell. That's the important thing that you got to remember. People need answers. Jesus told us that people were going to be coming to our churches that needed healing, that needed salvation, that needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Folks, you got to keep your focus on what God said. Got to keep your focus on what God said. Amen. Because no matter what happens in the world, if it starts getting better, which it is, it's a lot better, it starts getting better, they're going to try to point you six months down the road and get you expecting things to get worse. Well, the word of the Lord said that things were just going to get better and it was going to be over quicker than anybody thought. You stick with what God said. That keeps you from being shaken. Am I helping you? Amen. Hallelujah. I, I, I had a person get so upset with me because I would not believe one of their conspiracy theories. I don't have time for that. I, amen. That, that's not what I'm told to preach in the Word of God. Am I, am I making sense? Glory to God. And in Matthew 16, verse 17, notice, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say that you are Peter. The word is Petros. It means a large piece of rock or a large rock. And upon this rock, that's the, the, the feminine Petros. All right, it, it cannot be changed because it's responding to what Jesus said. Petros, that means like the rock of Gibraltar, a huge peak. All right? So he says, you're Peter and you're a rock. But notice what he says. He says, but on this rock of revealed knowledge that the Holy Spirit just revealed to you, on this huge rock like Gibraltar, I am going to do what? I will build my church. Notice this phrase. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Right? Not it'll be hard. It says that they won't. Amen. One translation says the, the unseen realm cannot prevail against it. And I'll give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. So we have the keys to this unshakable kingdom. And the gates of hell or the powers of hell cannot prevail against it. Can't. It's impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? So this kingdom that we're a part of is unshakable because of what it's built on. In uh, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus again gives us some insight. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. He says, 
Therefore, now notice these, these words. Whosoever, or we, we would say whoever. So that covers everybody. Whoever. Right? Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house, notice, upon a rock. Right? Upon a rock. Well, he just told us how we build on a rock. On revelation knowledge. Right? And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded upon a rock. Amen. And then he says, verse 26, and everyone, now notice that phrase again, everyone, whosoever or whoever, and now he says everyone, everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not will be likened to a foolish man or a man with no understanding that built his house on the sand. Mm. Well, there's a couple things there. He built his house on the sand. He didn't dig, number one. Right? You, you, you got to dig till you get on a rock. Right? Amen. And the rain descended. The floods came. The winds blew and beat upon that house. Now, if you read the first part of verse 25, let's read it. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. That's exactly what we read in verse 27. But notice verse 25. And it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. But verse 27, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. It didn't just fall, it was destroyed. Right? The Woos Bible says the man who is habitually hearing the word and habitually doing the word. Now notice what it says. Habitually hearing and habitually doing. It's not just what you hear, it's what you do with what you hear. He said if you're, if you're in the habit of hearing and doing, that you're like a man that builds your house on a rock. Hallelujah. That man is unshakable and unmovable. Amen. You can't move a person that's full of the Word. Because they, they've built on something. Amen. And, that, and that's why people will look at you sometimes and wonder how you made it. And you don't have some suffering testimony. Well, somehow by the grace of God, I made it through. No, 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 no. My house was built on the rock. That's it. That's all I can say. Wasn't anything I did other than I dug down and built my house on the rock. Amen. That's so important. Because Jesus said, whoever does that, whoever Notice verse 24, whoever habitually hears and habitually does will be like a man that built his house on the rock. And notice what he says. He did not say, if the rains come, if, right, the floods come, if the winds blow. He said, when they came, 
everybody, no matter how long you live, there's going to be rains come, winds blow, and floods beat. But notice what he said. This man wasn't worried because his house was built on the rock, and even though they beat against that house, it didn't fall. Amen. Do you see that? Why? We got an unshakable kingdom. Everything the enemy tries to bring or that, that life tries to throw your way, it hits your spiritual home. Whenever Jesus would mention in the four Gospels uh, about a, a parable about building a house, it was always indicative of your life. It was indicative of you as a person living in this life, your life. So he's saying you build your life on the rock. And no matter what storms come against your life, no matter what adversity comes against your life, you will stand and come through it because you stationed your life on the rock. Amen. Hallelujah. And notice, you know, when you're in a house and there's a storm blowing, you hear the wind. You might even hear the rain. But you're not moved because I'm in a house on a rock. Right? And so it's not, the, the storm's not an issue because I'm not moved. And you might go out in the morning and see leaves on the ground and branches on the ground and, and maybe look around, there's some evidence of a storm, but you're fine, everything's great because you're founded on the rock. Amen. Do, do you see that? And ever what's going on in the world is not the issue. The issue is that your foundation is on the Word of God. Amen. Oh, glory. So everybody that habitually hears and habitually does is unshakable. That's a good place to say out loud, I'm unshakable. See, that, that, that's important for you to say those kind of things out of your mouth. Yeah. I'm unshakable. Because you'll, you'll run into people all the time. I was talking to one of my neighbors today. I just met him. And I'd gotten home and was checking the mail. And he was walking down the road and we were visiting. And, and he began to tell me about one of his neighbors. And, and, and they had not been able to work for six months. And, and he looked at me and he goes, well, you know, hopefully you've got a job that you can still go to. I said, oh, yeah, i got a good job. Everything's great. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and you know, he kind of looked at me quizzically like, hmm, you know, what does he know? Uh, something good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Do you see that? Then he said, everyone who does not habitually hear and do the word is like the man that built his house on the sand. Now, see, that's so important. Because not you, not this church, but you know, there are people that the only time they, they hear the word, see the word, read the word is when they're in church. Or when there's a problem or when there's an issue. That's not building your life on something. That's, that's getting snippets of something and hoping that it'll work. Amen. He said it was the same rain the same floods and the same winds. One stood and one fell. 
Whenever I see something fail, I want to know why. When I see something that succeeded, I want to know why. Right? Amen. I, I used to, early on in my ministry, I used to travel and meet with pastors and, 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 and pastors that were successful and had done uh, good things for God. And I, I would ask them, uh, if, if I paid my way, could I come and would you have time to meet with me and talk with me? And, and I, just, I just, you know, I don't want anything from you but your knowledge. Amen. And I, I had them say, yeah, come, and, and they'd, they'd spend all day. They'd have me meet with their staff and, and, and spend all day. Because if you're doing something that great for God, I want to know how you did it. How was it successful? Right? Well, Jesus says that success in life, the ability to be unshaken, is tied to what you habitually hear and habitually do. Amen. Or the key to failure, you don't want the key to failure, but he shows it to us, is what you don't habitually do. Right? What you think on and hear habitually is what you'll eventually think and do. That's how I'll eventually go. Amen. And, and, and that's so vital every day of your life. Not just in trying seasons. Every day of your life. Every day of your Christian life, understanding that what I think on and hear habitually is the way I'm going to think and act. Right? You, you cannot think different than the world if you're feeding on the same thing the world's feeding on. I, I, it's impossible. Amen. You might have the answer, but you'll still think down that road at some point. Amen. Notice here. In 2 Timothy 3, many are being shaken because of what they're constantly giving their minds to. And uh, again, that's not just something overtly sinful or even overtly carnal. It's, it's what you're giving your mind to and you're thinking to is what's eventually going to get in your spirit. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Paul says to Timothy, he says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ will suffer persecution or pressure. But evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now that's important. But notice what he says in verse 14. It starts out with the word but. So in other words, to use our phrase from our offering, he's not just creating a vacuum. Because he says, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Well, a lot of people stop there. Well, you know, you're going through a hard time, Bible says. Well, it does say that, but it's in the context of other things. So there's pressure that's going to be on those that will live godly. That's not just living godly in the sense of right and wrong and sinful and non-sinful activity. That is you living godly with no fear in a time when everybody else is afraid or you living like you're going to overcome 
when people around you may not be overcoming, but you're living godly. Right? You're going to suffer pressure, persecution. Then he said, but evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But that isn't the end of it there either. That's happening. That's going to happen. He says in verse 14, but continue thou, or we, we would say, but you continue in the things you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you've learned them. And that from a child you've known the holy scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness for this purpose, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Notice, here's some key words. Deceiving and being deceived. Deceiving and being deceived. If you meditate on deceptive things, it's easier for you to be deceived. Because they're out there deceiving and being deceived. Hallelujah. What's the answer? Meditate on the scriptures. Not, not on a conspiracy theory or things that have no eternal significance. That's important. He says that there will be those that are deceived. Now think about that. If in Paul's day there were evil men and seducers that would get worse and worse, what's it going to be in our day? Right? People say, well, I don't see how it could get any worse. He said it would. Amen. If ever what you deal with in your life, you're going to deal with something else beyond that. It can get worse. The key is what I'm meditating on. Amen. I have an unshakable kingdom. Amen. Ever how bad it gets. I got an unshakable kingdom. Yeah, but you know, uh, I want some good news. That, that's good news. I have an unshakable kingdom. I cannot be shaken. I cannot be moved. Amen. So you stay with what you know to be true. What do you know to be true? You stay with that. The enemy thrives on questions. He loves to get you involved in questions. Has God said? Right? That, that, that led to Adam and Eve giving away the world. One question. Right? They didn't answer with what they knew to be true. I got an answer with what I know to be true. I'm not a big one for subtleties. Meaning, if you want to tell me something, just come right out and tell me. Don't. My daddy always said, don't beat around the bush. Fiddlefoot around. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But, but, but the point that I'm making is this, is that the enemy will be very subtle. Well, what are you going to do? And what if this happens? 
What's that designed? To get you thinking down a certain path. Right? I mean, think about this. If somebody comes up to you as you're leaving church tonight and they go, well, uh, you know, what if it's 90 degrees tomorrow? Really doesn't matter, so it's hot. But, you know, let's say you don't like hot weather. Oh, man, it's going to be 90 degrees tomorrow. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. I was going to work in the yard. 90 degrees. Man, I don't, oh, that just ruins my whole day. I love hot weather, but the, the, the point is, the point is, it's, it got you thinking down a certain path. Or how about this? Elementary examples. You're planning to go somewhere, uh, you know, go to an amusement park or a park or something, and you tell somebody, yeah, uh, I'm taking the family, and we're going uh, over here to the state park tomorrow. Oh, you know it's going to rain tomorrow. Man, and the kids are excited, and we had all these plans, right? No, they're basing that on information that 90% of the time is wrong, but the point is, it gets you thinking down a certain path. Right? That's what the enemy does. He very rarely will come to you and say, God's wrong. But he will come and ask you questions. Right? Somebody will get sick and he'll go, well, what would you do if that happened to you? Or somebody will face a challenge or whatever the case may be and he'll come and begin to ask. If you start going down that pathway... There's no stopping it. It's, it's, it's like setting up a row of dominoes and kicking over that first domino. If you start thinking that way, there's no stopping it. And eventually, you'll question everything. You will. Why? Because if I don't, I got to take control of what I'm thinking on and make sure that I stay with what I know to be true. Right? If somebody came to you tonight and said, you know what, I don't really think you're saved. Well, I would think I'm looking around the room I, and, and, and I know everybody in here to be saved. And I, w- I would hope you'd go, no, 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 I'm born again. I re- I'm, I've received Jesus. I'm, right? With no doubt in your mind. Right? That you would answer just that way. Well, when the enemy comes, listen, salvation is part of your redemptive package. It's part of being redeemed, being saved. Not just from sin, from destruction, from failure, from all the power of the enemy. Is that right? And so when the enemy comes and says, for instance, what are you going to do if you fail? I can't fail. I have the faith, the victory that overcomes the world. Even my faith. See, you've got to answer that with the truth you know just as quick as you would answer if somebody said you're not saved. If there's a pause, you're thinking about it. Well, how do you know you're healed? I mean, how do you know? You don't feel healed. So if you don't feel healed, must not be healed. And now if you go, uh, he's got you. Got you. Why? Because, Because I'm thinking about it. I've got to think about it. 
But when he says those things and you say, no, I'm the healed of the Lord. Jesus bought and paid for my healing on the cross of Calvary. I am healed in Jesus' name. Right? Jesus' ability to overcome the devil was tied to his ability to answer the devil. And he answered with truth. Three times Satan asked him questions and three times Jesus responded with the word. If you're the son of God, make these stones to be bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Right? Over and over again, throw yourself off the, the, the temple. He, he's given his angels charge over you after all. Right? This is what the enemy will do. That scripture, all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Well, I know you're under, you're under pressure and all these things are going wrong. But after all, scripture says all that live godly will suffer persecution. Well, everything falling apart and nothing going right is not persecution. Persecution is pressure that's brought on because of what you believe. Amen. See, you've got to answer with what you know to be true. The enemy thrives on questions. People that, that are not sure and do not have their lives built on the rock, they are prey for the enemy because they're easy to deceive. Look at Luke 21. I want to show you some of this. I'm glad I got a little time left. Luke 21, and we're going to go from Luke 21, Matthew 24, Mark 13, and look at some things here. Luke 21 and verse 8. And he said, Jesus said, Take heed that you be not deceived. Now that's important. You pay attention so that you're not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I'm Christ, and the time draweth near. Go not, go not therefore after them. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, notice the first, what we're told, be not terrified. For these things must first come to pass. Notice, but the end's not by and by. So, so notice what we're exhorted to do. Number one, don't be deceived. Number two, don't be terrified. Amen. Because the end's not yet. In uh, Matthew 24, things that are repeated in the Word are not repeated just for no reason. Matthew 24, verse 4, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Many will come in my name, saying, I'm Christ, and will deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Notice what he's saying. You see to it that you're not deceived. How are you not deceived? You have a working knowledge of truth. It's, it's my responsibility to not be deceived. Not allow myself to be deceived. Well, how, how is it easy to be deceived? By focusing on deception. Amen. I've had people come to me, people in my church. And they, and they would have teachings or books or whatever. And they'd say, well, you know, I, I've been reading this and I don't necessarily agree with it. What do you think? I don't. I don't. What, you, you, you don't read this? No, I would never read that. 
And people will say, well, I want to know what the other side of the coin is. Why? Why do you want to know what the other side of the coin is? What we know works. Amen. See, it's important. If, if it's deceiving people, why do I want to listen to it? He said, you pay attention that you're not deceived, and then you see to it that you're not troubled, because these things must come to pass, but the end's not yet. Then he says in Mark 13, and uh, verse 5, And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled. Such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. Now again, it seems like that we're just hearing a repetition, and we are, but there's a repetition for a reason. Don't be troubled. Don't be deceived. The end's not yet. It's important. Because he's telling us what to focus on. Amen. Every time there's a challenge in, in the world, in a nation, you'll, in cities, you'll hear, is this the wrath of God? Is this the judgment of God? Is this this? Oh, my goodness, is the end? Jesus said, don't be deceived. Don't be fearful. The end's not yet. you got to answer with the truth you know. Amen. Oh, it's the end of the world. No, that's not what Jesus said. It can't be the end of the world. We're still here. It's impossible. It's impossible. Nothing happens to this earth till we're gone. That's what the scripture says. But there are people deceived. Oh, it's the end of the world. Everything's falling apart. Everything's not falling apart. The kingdom is not being shaken. Our part of the kingdom is not being shaken. This is important. All of these verses tell us these two things. Don't be deceived. Don't be fearful. Don't be full of care. That's what we're to meditate on. That's what we're to meditate on. Yeah, but how? My job's not to determine how. My job's to believe what was said. Amen. Right? Think about this. When, when, when God told Elijah, you go to the brook because I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. There. Notice you don't see Elijah going, well, how are they going to know where I'm at? I don't speak raven. See Elijah out there going, oh, oh, trying to. No, that's, you don't see that. He went to the place called there, and God said, I'll command them to feed you there. He, di he didn't try to figure out how they were going to get it done. He just went there and they fed him in the morning and they fed him in the evening and he drank water out of the brook. Amen. I've had people ask me, how do you know everything's going to work out? Listen, I don't know how everything's going to work out, but I know it's going to work out because Scripture says it will. 
It says that everything will work together for our good. Didn't say everything was for our good. It said everything that you may face, the end result is good for us. Right? That's what you meditate on. Don't be deceived. Hallelujah. Amen. So my job is, is find my place called there and just show up. Because you just show up there and the ravens will show up. Amen. Well, how'd they know where to go? Who cares? They got there. What do you care how God gets you the money? Right? I used to tell the ushers all the time, listen, if a little dog comes up carrying a bag, let the dog in. Let, it, let him in. We don't know what the dog might have. Right? Amen. But, 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 but here, here's the point. Here's the point. It, it doesn't matter how just that it happens. And then he said, the brook dried up. And he said, now arise and get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, for I have commanded a widow woman to sustain you there. There. Now, he, he could not have went to the city just short of that and been sustained because there was nobody there that had been commanded. What God tell you to do? Well, he told all of us right here in these three, these three uh, chapters and three books, don't be deceived, don't be fearful, don't be full of care. That's it. That settles the issue. Amen. Now, let's look back over here at a couple of other ones. Mark 13, you're right there, verse 31. Notice what he says. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words shall not pass away. Then in uh, Luke 21 and verse 33, I'm, I'm being redundant on purpose. Redundancy is a beautiful thing. He says, Luke 21, 33, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And then finally in Matthew 24, he says, and uh, verse 35, Matthew 24, 35, notice what he says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now that is three times in three chapters of three different books the same way. In other words, everything you see one of these days is going away, but the word will never go away. The word cannot pass away. Right? That's not just the written book. It's the word of God. What God has said. Everything that God created and everything that will exist throughout eternity is sustained by the word of God. It cannot pass away or everything that is and ever will be will cease to be. Now think about that. Why is that so important? That's what you're basing your life on, something that cannot pass away. That's why the flood could beat against it, the rains could descend on it, the winds could blow it, and it didn't fall, it didn't cease to be, because it was based on something that cannot pass away. Yes, sir. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. 
Amen? And when you base your life on something that can't pass away, it can't be shaken. Glory to Jesus. The rock that we build on will not pass away. Amen. And let me say something. You can't help how other people act. Or how other people respond. There are people, you know, they just fall apart. They face pressure and they fall apart like a $2 watch. Amen. Because, because it's just, you know, you can't help that. I told somebody one time, they were frustrated and falling apart about something. They looked at me and they said, well, you just, you just don't seem to care. And I said, no, no. I said, a lack of preparation on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. I'm not going to fall apart because you're falling apart. Right? Does that make sense? Because you're founded on something else. On the rock of revealed knowledge. I've got to respond in truth. The, the, the Bible talks about being conformed to this world. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable or your rational service. And do not be conformed. The word conformed is a wonderful word because it means being squeezed into a mold. And it not only means being squeezed into a mold, it means being squeezed into a mold and conforming your thinking without even giving much thought to it. Well, why are you doing that? Uh, I don't know. I, that's what they said. Well, see, my thinking... Right? Has just been conformed to the world. Why are you worried? Well, I, I, everybody else is worried. Well, that's not what Jesus said. He didn't say, you go ahead and get full of care and full of fear because everybody else is. He said, you see to it that you're not full of fear and you're not deceived. You see to that. Right? Now, I'm saying that for a reason. If I don't, if I don't watch... The, the, the system of the world will pressure me to think. Now, and remember what I'm preaching on. I'm not preaching on the season that we're dealing with. I'm preaching on your life in general. The, the world system will work to get you to conform the way you think to the way they think. And once you start thinking their way, then you're susceptible to everything they, they're susceptible to. If you start thinking... There's no hope. Then there's no hope. Because there's nothing anybody can do to change what's going to happen because of how you're thinking. Amen. I told somebody one time we were, we were running. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a runner, and we were running, and they said, oh, I just, I just can't keep going. I said, that's not your body quitting, that's your mind giving up. You think you can't, and you can't. just the way it is. The Bible says, as you think, that's how it is. Right? So what should your thinking be? I have an unshakable kingdom. 
that cannot be destroyed. I am founded on the rock of the Word of God. No matter what beats against my life, it cannot be destroyed. It cannot fall apart because of what I am built on. Cannot. Amen. I had a person ask me one time, what if you fail? I said, I can't fail. It's impossible. Cannot fail. And people go, well, everybody can fail. I can't. Not if I'm listening to God. I get over in myself and start thinking my way. I can. But he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. He said, as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And he said, when you bring up your thoughts to my level of thinking, you're indefeatable. You cannot be stopped. Amen. Now notice in Matthew 24, you're right there. Oh, glory to God. I'm glad I came to church tonight. Because, you know, I hear this question some. And, and, and here's what people say. Well, you know, do you think life will ever be normal again? Well, number one, uh, my life has not ever gotten abnormal. Because I've chosen to not let it be abnormal. Now, this is important. And, and, I, and I'm not talking about what people uh, do, and, and I'm talking about my thinking. I won't think abnormal. Now, here's the thing. Notice Matthew 24, verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so also shall the so also so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. The Living Bible says the world will be at ease. Banquets and parties and weddings, just as it was in Noah's time before the sudden coming of the flood. Of course life will get back to normal. Because we read three times, Jesus said, wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places, but the end's not yet. Now, now, why is it so important that you don't start thinking down that road. Because if I start thinking, nothing's ever going to be the same again. Then I'll start responding that way. Amen. These verses, when you read all through here, verse 14 of Matthew 24, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. He's, he's, he's not saying hurry up and get the word out there so Jesus can come back. He's saying the gospel will be preached to the whole world and then there's going to come a conclusion to the Father's plan. That's, that's eventually what's going to happen. And the end will not come till then. Am I helping you all tonight? I want you to think right. Because you, you, you've got people out of one side of their mouth, they're saying there are so many unreached people in the world, and then right out of the other side of their mouth, it's, it's the end. It, if, if people have not been reached, if nations have not been reached, it cannot be the end, because Jesus said the gospel will be preached to every creature. And then the end will come. The conclusion of the Father's plan. 
I'll leave you with this. Some months ago, back in June, actually, uh, one morning, uh, the Lord uh, dealt with my pastor to send me a word from the Lord. And uh, so I keep them and, 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 and go back over them. And this is what it said. Don't be moved too much by speculation and attempts to predict future events in these last days. Many will do so only to be proven wrong. Then he said, stay close to my word. Follow the scriptures and the Holy Spirit. He will show you things to come and bring the hidden things to your remembrance. He said, I have chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. Many things that are happening and will happen are not as you suppose, but what will be revealed at a later time, and you will see all things clearly. At the present, men only see in part and prophesy in part. Preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus coming. He said, while the time is short, there's much more to come before the end of the age. Much more to come before the end of the age. Judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, make manifest the counsel of the hearts, and every man will have praise of God. Then he ended with this. Walk in love, avoid strife and contention, finish your course with joy. Amen. Folks, these things are more important now than they've ever been. Don't get into speculation. What does the Word say? Answer with what you know to be true. I don't know about that, but this is what I do know. Well, what about this? And you know, they're this, and and here's this conspiracy. You know, I'll end with this. The book of Isaiah, one translation of of a chapter in the book of Isaiah, says, don't pay attention to their, their conspiracy doctrine. Don't even pay attention to it. Paul told Timothy, if you'll remember, he said, foolish and unlearned questions, avoid them because they gender confusion and strife. And he said, the man of God must not strive. Just avoid those. What's the word say? It's what you stay with. What God say? What Jesus say? Amen. Jesus said the end's not yet. Amen. That's important. Because the, the, the enemy will get those thoughts rolling. And you, you, can't, you can't start going down that road. Amen? And he said, walk in love, avoid strife and contention, finish your course with joy. It's more important than ever right now that we're walking in love, that we're avoiding strife and contention with each other, with the people around us. Amen? Don't get upset with the world. They're the world. They don't know any better. Remember, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this, when the Lord, the Father, sent Jonah to Nineveh, and he had him preach that eight-word sermon, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And he told him to walk through the city, and Nineveh was a city huge back then, 120,000 people. He said, the Bible says it took three days to walk through it. And Jonah walked through the city for three days, preaching. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the king heard it. Right? And he called a fast and told everybody, everybody's fasting, put on sackcloth, 
ashes. Everybody's fasting. Your dogs are fasting. Your cows are fasting. Your horses are fasting. Everybody's fasting because maybe we can turn this. Right? And it says God heard them. Right? Well, you remember Jonah's out on the hill watching for the destruction. I preached. Now I'm going to watch the fireworks. <laughs> and God caused that, that, that tree to grow up overnight. And it had, it had some shade. And he was cool, you know. He, he was back there in the shade watching. And then the Bible says that a worm came. And in one night the tree died. And Jonah got upset. Got sunstroke. Because he didn't have his tree over his head anymore. And remember he was complaining to God. And God said, and he, and he told God this. He said, you did what I knew you would do. I knew I would come preach to these people. And they would hear it and repent. And you'd forgive them. Told you. But before I ever got in the fish's belly and got that one-way ticket here, I told you. So I didn't want to come. And God, this is Philip Steele paraphrase. God said, wasn't that great? You're concerned about this tree that you had nothing to do with. And you don't care about 120,000 people that don't know their right hand from their left. Folks, the world, the Lord told us, the world is largely ignorant of God. They have largely forgotten Him. They should be in our pity, not our anger. If we really believe people are going to hell, it should touch our heart, not make us mad at them. The world is the world. They're responding to things every day. The only way the world knows to respond and we have the answer. We have the answer. Jesus Christ. Tomorrow. Deal a little hope. Give people hope. Don't, don't just run away from them. Amen. You know, I'm out among the people every day. And people will still talk to you. They'll still visit with you if you'll stop and visit. Now, if you're not comfortable doing it, don't worry about it. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. Deal some hope. If you go through a drive-thru, don't just grab your stuff and run off. Deal a little hope. Thank you for working. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you making life normal. God bless you. Tip them. Do whatever. Why? People are looking for a reason to have hope. And we serve the God of all hope. And he placed our church in this city to be a citadel of hope for the people. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, stand up, everybody.